Welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad that you are here in worship with us today. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas, who is enjoying the month of February away. You may have noticed the flowers in the narthex as you came in. Uh, those are from Scotty McCaslin's Celebration of Life service that we held yesterday. As we begin our time together, you'll find your connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. You can use the connection card as a way to uh, share that you were in worship with us today. Uh, also, it is a place for you to share any joys or concerns you may have. And on the back, it is a place where you can register for upcoming events and activities and ministry opportunities. This Lenten season, we are going to be studying the Sermon on the Mount, the most popular sermon ever delivered. Uh, the small group study classes will supplement the preaching series this season and be sure to spark new ways of hearing Jesus's famous words. We'll be using Amy Jill Levine's book titled The Sermon on the Mount as we focus on Jesus's most profound and memorable teachings. All three pastors are going to be leading classes on Wednesdays throughout Lent. We'll have in-person classes and online options for you. So you can sign up if you're not already a part of a life group who's going to be studying the Sermon on the Mount and you want to join a study, you can sign up for one of the pastor-led studies. Uh, you can sign up on the back of your connection card or by going to the website stonybrook.church growth or uh, through the link that you will find in your weekly electronic announcements that are emailed to you. In, in addition, you are invited to join us on Wednesday nights throughout Lent from 5.30 to 6.30 for a light supper. COVID safety protocols will be followed so that we can offer a safe and enjoyable dining experience for all of us to be in fellowship with one another. So I hope that you're able to join us uh, for the study or for the meal or for both. Are you feeling called to lead a mission team? If so, then you can join West Ohio for a Volunteers in Mission team leader training, which is coming up. With experienced team leaders as instructors, one of whom is our very own Pastor David, you will learn how to plan and lead a mission experience in Ohio or around the United States or even around the world. The training will be held on Saturday, March 12th uh, in the morning from 9 to 1, and you can register uh, your interest in that by following the link that you will find in the weekly electronic announcements that are emailed to you. And then finally, um, another ministry opportunity for you to support. If you are feeling led, you can show your love and support to our college students by supporting our college care package ministry. Stony Brook's gonna be sending 25 college care packages to our college students this spring and are looking for you to support this ministry by donating items or money or your prayers. I invite you now to watch this short video so you can see how this ministry uh, has, impacts our students. Hello everyone. If you don't know me, um, my name is Steven Shoup. Um, I am currently in my dorm room at Miami University as I'm a, I'm a sophomore here at Miami. Um, and I just wanted to thank Stony Brook um, for all of the encouraging cards and messages and prayers that I've received throughout this semester. I mean, I was asked to explain what I got in one of my care packages um, and kind of what it meant to me. So first of all, and probably the thing that I I enjoyed the most opening was this card um, and all of the youth group wrote notes, the leaders wrote notes, encouraging messages. Um, so that really made my day. Um, and it just reminded me about how strong our Stony Brook family is. Um, and then I also got this little cross um, with a student prayer on the front. Um, I've, I've received countless cards, so thank you guys for that. Um, and then here is a bag and when you pull it out, um, it has inspiring quotes. Um, I've definitely used this throughout the semester as exam week is this week that 
um, when I woke up, I, I grabbed one of these just to kind of keep me going, keep me motivated. Um, got this awesome um, SBY because we love you um, lanyard um, as that reminded me about, again, just how much love and support I have. Um, and then last but not least, um, a box full of snacks, which as a college student, you can never complain about. Um, so again, I just want to thank everyone um, that has prayed for the college students, um, really shown um, that we have a strong family and love for Christ and community and for our brothers and sisters in Christ um, through our congregation. Um, and I would just like to say thank you personally. Um, it means a lot when I get cards and letters, kind of keeps me going and just reminds me of God's love, um, even in this challenging time of college and finals. Um, so again, thank you guys so much. To support this ministry, you can find more information in your bulletin or through your weekly electronic announcements that are emailed to you. You can find all that I have shared with you and so much more about the mission and ministries from Stony Brook, about Stony Brook Church in your uh, bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. I invite you at this time uh, to quiet your hearts and your minds as our prelude helps to prepare us for worship.
Please rise as you are able in body or in spirit for our call to worship. Give thanks to God. Call on God's name. Make God's deeds known to all the people. For he is the Lord, our God, faithful to a thousand generations. Let us continue worshiping by joining our voices together, singing, I love thy kingdom, Lord. Maybe seated, and I invite the Henry family forward. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of holy baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift to us, offered to us without price. I present to you Stony Brook Congregation James Clifford Henry, the son of John and Alyssa Henry, for baptism this day. Okay. <laughs> John and Alyssa, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, answer, I do. Do you accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, answer, I do. We nurture your son in Christ's holy church, <laughs> that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, answer, I will. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, answer, we do. 
Will you nurture one another in, in Christian faith and life and include James and his family now before you in your care? Let us respond. With God's, With God's help, help, we, we will, will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround James with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his service to others. We will pray for him that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Hey, Luke, you want to watch this? Come here, watch this. Harper, would you like to help? So as I'm praying, you can pour the water into the fountain. It's heavy, okay? Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water in those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness. Throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Amen. James, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that God will continue to work in your life, that being born of the water and spirit, you may be and become a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Members of the household of God, I commend this family to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. Let us respond. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. What a gift. What a gift. And you are a gift too, Luke. <laughs> Let us welcome this family in Christian love. Congratulations. Bye-bye. 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 As we turn now to a time of prayer, I invite you into a spirit of prayer. Signs of spring are making their way through the gray skies. Flowers are slowly peeking out of the brown ground. The songs of the birds are piercing through the cold air. All a reminder that you are here, no matter what our eyes can see. You are present in the brown, the gray, the dormant, the death. Your beauty, your love, your light shimmers off the waters of the creek and into our hearts. Thank you, God. 
Thank you for being who you are, a God who is present, who is loving, who is always with us, a God who sits with those in fear in the Ukraine and Russia, a God who holds mothers and fathers as they grieve, a God who walks alongside us in a marathon of a pandemic, a God who points to those who've been overlooked, a God who includes all in your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Help us, O oh God, be agents of change. Help us, O oh God, to live like we are kingdom people. Help us, O oh God, show others the life-changing love you offer. Forgive us when we forget or ignore or deny that you are here. Turn us back to you. Center us on you so that we may glorify you in all we do, in all we say, in all of who we are. For we are your beloved, and we want the world to know about you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, almighty God, now and forever, as this is prayed in the name of Christ Jesus, and we now join our voices together, praying the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The chance of choir is among you today to help lead and encourage singing along on this beloved and traditional setting of the Lord's
You sounded great. <laughs> Jeff, you just increased the size of the choir. <laughs> Today's scripture lesson comes to us from the 104th or 105th Psalm, verses 1 through 4, as we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer. Hear these words. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of his wonderful works. Glory is his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. We wrap up our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer today by examining the final phrase of the prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we regularly hear this last section when most Protestant Christians recite the prayer but it's not something we actually find with the rest of the prayer in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. It's not there. <laughs> it's not in the original text of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples during the Sermon on the Mount. But it's not something that was just made up either. <laughs> 
This phrase is scriptural and it comes, believed to come to us from the Old Testament, from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 10 through 13. Hear these words. Then David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness and the glory and the power and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and give strength to all. And now, O our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. Hopefully we can make out some of those words that have made their way into um, this last phrase of the Lord's Testament. Friends, it's become part of our faith tradition. They may not be Jesus' words, but they are one of the earliest phrases of the prayer added by the church. And over the centuries, this phrase has become the way most of us end the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This affirmation of faith of the early church has been preserved for us. And this practice echoes the tradition of our Jewish brothers and sisters who end their prayers with a blessing or, or a doxology. This phrase serves as a doxology for us, a short praise and thanksgiving to God. And for us, the doxology that we will sing in a moment in our time of offering is just as familiar to us as, as the Lord's Prayer. It's meant to be a time of worship where we focus upon God instead of ourselves. And thinking about this prayer, a pastoral colleague of mine reminds us that without this last line, this last, the last word of the prayer would be evil. And that's not really a good closing line. <laughs> the prayer needed a way to be wrapped up and to summarize and the importance of this prayer, and to close in a way that evil does not get the last word. And this phrase, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, became that phrase. And like last week, this phrase reminds us that we, we seek God's spirit and God's direction for our lives. We look to God's kingdom, God's power, and God's glory to, to follow and we need God's spirit to lead us so that we can overcome our own tendency, the tendency we, we face to pursue our own kingdom, our own power, and our own glory. The temptations that we confront to take credit and acclaim that properly belong to God alone. The inclinations that we encounter to exert our power over one another and act like we are the only determining and deciding power in our lives and in the lives of others. The desires that we grapple with to be king or queen of our own kingdoms rather than acknowledge God as a source and substance of our very lives. One commentator says this, that when we say thine as a part of the Lord's prayer, it's a declaration for us, a decision of our will that runs in direct contrast to our natural tendency, the natural tendency of our heart to say mine. <laughs> Instead, we are choosing thy or thine over my and mine in the prayer. We will always have the tendency to win, to want my and mine instead of thinking about God and others first in our lives. It's a constant, never-ending battle for us, for us to keep ourselves focused upon God, God's wants and wills for our lives. A father was preparing pancakes for his young daughters if they were being made at our house, chocolate chips would have gotten into the batter. 
But as his father was preparing, the daughters began to argue over who would get the first pancake. Their father saw it as an opportunity for a faith lesson. If Jesus were sitting here, the father said, he would say, let my sister have the first pancake. I can wait. Well, the one daughter immediately turned to the other and said, okay, you be Jesus. <laughs> you see, God always wants wants us to choose God's way. We learn this by Jesus' own life experience, his ministry, and his witness of choosing God's way. As we look towards the season of Lent in just a few weeks, we are reminded of the night when Jesus shared a meal with his disciples and, and told his disciples that the truly great among them would, would see themselves as the least and as the servant of all. Jesus made this point despite Peter's protest as he washed the disciples' feet. And Jesus made this point again when he prayed in the garden a short time later, not, not my will, but your will be done. You see, Jesus' commitment to practicing love and focusing upon others knew no bounds, not even the bounds of death. You see, for Jesus, it was all about God's kingdom, God's power, and God's glory. And by praying this last section of the Lord's Prayer, we're praying it on a daily basis. We get to decide whose kingdom, whose power, and whose glory we will pursue. Will it be our own? Will it be someone else's? Or will it be God's? For thine is the kingdom. And considering this statement, retired United Methodist Bishop Will Williman and theologian Stanley Hauerwas, in their ordinary and thought-provoking book on the Lord's Prayer, they write, here come politics again. One more time as we, we end our attempt to pray as Jesus taught us. They note that the Lord's Prayer, particularly this line, is a pledge of allegiance to a king and his kingdom that throws all of our allegiances into crises. Have you ever thought about this line in the Lord's Prayer that way? Should it, should it simply be disregarded as a harmless doxology, or should we take what we are praying seriously, and maybe even a little literally? This portion of the prayer is a pledge of our allegiance to God's kingdom, to God's power, and to God's glory. In this pledge and this allegiance to God's kingdom and power and glory are meant to come before all of our other commitments in our lives. Dr. Seuss's book, Yertle the Turtle, speaks to this point. <laughs> Maybe you remember the book. I'm not going to read it this morning, but it, it's worth spending some time pondering, even if you are just a kid at heart. Yertle was king of the turtles in the pond, and everyone seemed happy. But Yertle, he wanted more. He got it in his head that he was the king of all that he could see. He thought that if he could be king of more, he could be king of more if he could see more. So he started building a tower of turtles with him at the very top. Then he believed that he was king of a cow and king of a mule, but that wasn't enough. He wanted more and more and more. So the tower grew taller and taller, and he could see more and more, but he still wasn't happy. And at the bottom of the pile a turtle named Mac, asked the king politely if they could just stop because he was growing tired and weak and the tower of turtles on his back was really heavy. The king refused. Well, Mac burped. And the whole tower of turtles came tumbling down and Yertle was once again just king of the mud. It's a good book. 
I pr promise, good book. But when we try to build our own kingdoms, especially on the backs of others, it's inherently unstable. Life is not about elevating ourselves to the highest place above and, and on top of other people. Instead, it's about giving honor and praise to God whose kingdom, we pray, will come on earth as it is in heaven. Every time we pray for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, we acknowledge and we remember that God is God and we are not. We recognize that all the power and glory belong to God and not us. Jesus is trying to teach us that it is all about bringing God's kingdom here on earth and not our kingdom here on earth. We seek not just our own wants and desires, but what God wants and desires and wills for our lives and for this world. We acknowledge that we are connected to something much more significant than our very selves. Friends, I hope that this season, series in this season has been helpful you, for, for you in, in terms of deepening your own faith. Remember, it was at the request of his disciples that, that Jesus taught his followers to pray this prayer. This prayer is intended to shape and define our lives. Wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves, in whatever season of life we are in, this prayer is meant to become and to remain a part of our lives. And now, as we do with all prayers, we end this prayer Jesus gave us to pray with all men. Martin Luther said this about the last word in the Lord's Prayer. Amen means yes, yes, it will be done. When we say amen, we are, we are telling God, I, I believe that you will answer our prayers. You will answer our prayers not because of who we are or what we have done, but because of who you are and what you have done. Indeed, God will answer our prayers, no matter our current reality no matter where we find ourselves, it's not the end of the story. Our hope is in the future, in the fulfillment of God's kingdom and God's will here on earth as it is in heaven. And when all is said and done, God will have the final word. God calls us from death to new life. And nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love and God's care. May it be so. Amen. All of the ways that you offer yourself to God is used to build God's kingdom. Your financial gifts that you offer to Stony Brook Church go to support the mission and the ministries of Stony Brook Church, which go to build God's kingdom here in Gehanna and beyond. We are grateful for all of the ways that you offer yourselves and for all of the ways that we get to be in ministry together. You can give your financial gifts by dropping it in the basket on the way out of service or online at stonybrook.church give or by mailing your gifts into the church office. I invite you as you are able to rise as we sing our doxology together.
God, we freely and joyfully offer ourselves to you. We offer these gifts back to you. Ask that you bless them, multiply them, move them throughout this community and beyond, building your kingdom here on earth. May all who come to receive them know of your great love in their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. seated and I ask Sandy Warner our chair staff parish to come forward with an important announcement good morning, good morning. Is this on? okay um, it is with very mixed emotions this morning that I share this news with you um, as of May 1st 2022 Bishop Gregory Palmer has appointed our pastor, Jennifer, as the lead pastor to the William Street United Methodist Church in Delaware. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we celebrate this next step with Pastor Jennifer's ministry career. We all knew that this transition would eventually take place, and we are extremely blessed to have had her here and receive her gifts of leadership and stable presence with us. I invite your prayers for Pastor Jennifer, Taylor, and Austin as they begin their difficult process in saying goodbye. I also ask your prayers for our church and the congregation at William Street. Pastor Jennifer's last Sunday in worship with us will be April 24th. Pastor Hoffman and I are already working with Reverend Tim Bias, our district superintendent, to meet the needs of our congregation. God will continue to bless all of us as we seek to be faithful to the task that God has placed before us. Thank you, Sandy. And it is God's care and God's love that continue to surround us, that will lead us and guide us as we seek to serve God in this world. Friends, it is God's presence that, that surrounds us. Let us go forth in God's care. Amen. <laughs> 